Hi, I'm Andrew Morris, and this is the 2021 CBAA National Features and Documentary Series, a collection of 10 new features from producers right around Australia. This next episode was made on the lands of the Darawal people, and we pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Coming up, Dee Milenkovic from 106.9 Vox FM, voice of the Illawarra, tells the story of what happened when a modern-day plague ship unexpectedly dropped anchor in her backyard. A quiet port chaplain emerges as an unlikely circuit breaker amidst the chaos of a national scandal. This is Turning the Tide. It's March 19th, 2020. The Ruby Princess cruise ship docks in Sydney. All 2,700 passengers disembark. We know that one-fifth of the passengers allowed to disembark have been infected with COVID-19. Every single passenger is now being told to stay at home for 14 days. Within two weeks, 11 passengers are dead and 600 tests positive for the COVID-19 virus. It's incredible that the government let them come off that ship. The staff and crew trapped aboard the Ruby Princess are about to become embroiled in a frightening story that captures the attention of the world. Imagine the nightmare of being one of the 1,040 crew members that are stuck on that floating petri dish of infection you can see behind me that is the Ruby Princess. This is the beginning of the pandemic in Australia. The political blame game begins. A criminal investigation is launched and a commission of inquiry announced. The ship is quickly shuttled out of Sydney and berths in my hometown with 1,040 crew from 50 different countries still on board. 200 of them are exhibiting coronavirus symptoms. I'm bloody angry because this ship should have been located in Sydney Harbour. We now know that at least 200 people on board are unwell. The story attracts national media attention. ABC Illawarra journalist Justin Hunstow. Suddenly Wollongong was at the forefront of the biggest story in Australia. I'm Dee Milenkovic. When the first ever cruise ship arrived in Wollongong, I was one of hundreds of volunteers who welcomed her into our community. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time we, we saw the first cruise ship. The whole of the Lang Park area was just full of people watching for this ship to come in and it was just community pride. Nearly got a tear in my eye now. Mark Slay's role was to bring cruise ships to Port Kembla Harbour as part of an innovative new tourism strategy in 2016. At least I've got the ocean, the Bringing a plague ship to our doorstep four years later was never part of the plan. Cursed by the coronavirus, a ship and a crew nobody wants docking at Port Kembla. Plenty of people in Port Kembla are not happy that the boat is there. It's got to be the most hated boat in the world. A local fisherman recalls the mood in Wollongong at the time. They were putting um, Wollongong and the people of Wollongong in a danger of getting the uh, coronavirus circulating in an area that before that had not been affected. We were definitely afraid and I, I guess we were angry. Some were more than angry. A fellow named Mick publicly shared his thoughts about what should be done with the Ruby Princess. Take it out five miles, drain it of fuel and oil and sink the bastard. 
political buckpassing influenced the reaction of the locals. There was a sense that we'd been handed a big problem that wasn't really ours. And that was the sense that we certainly got from some of the, the local MPs at the time. Wollongong resident Nicole Dillon remembers. The community didn't really trust that the government had it in hand at that point. I think fear of the unknown is the perfect terminology to describe how it all went down. They were scared. They didn't want the COVID ship in Wollongong. It kind of all happened under the cover of darkness, which I don't think helped things. If something is threatening the community and we cannot see the enemy, I think it naturally generates a sense of fear, an extreme fear. Chaplain John Kewa. He's been in Wollongong since 2011. I was sent a ticket by the mission to Seafarers Port Kembler, no strings attached. John Kewa had no way of knowing that 10 years later, he'd be in the centre of a political storm. Born in Mount Hagen, 4,000 metres above sea level in Papua New Guinea's central highlands, John Kewa didn't see the ocean until he reached his 20s. His seminary studies brought him to Australia two decades ago. In my mind, I was so convinced at the time that it was only going to be temporary. But little did I know that that would be my life and passion. You know, I couldn't ask for a better job. John has been caring for seafarers and dock workers for over two decades. Ships don't bring goods to us. It's the seafarers that mend the ships that make it possible. John has full access to the ships that come into Port Kembla to provide practical and pastoral care to seafarers who have often been away from home for many months. We're looking at some 25 to 30,000 sailors coming into Port Kembla every single year. We get to see only a quarter of them because our resources are limited. See the lights of But everything changed with the Ruby Princess. For the first time in his career, John Kewa was not allowed to board the ship or meet the crew. We've got 162 crew members on board this ship who are positive to COVID-19. Police was there, health authorities, people were completely, literally blocked off. A specialist police team will board the ship today to investigate who was at fault. Whilst politicians and media wrestled with who was to blame for the situation, John Kerr's focus was on the welfare of the staff and crew on the Ruby Princess cruise ship. Are we going to sit back and look back and retrospectively say we should have done something about it or we should stand up now and do something uh, as fellow human beings? That threat, it was for all of us. It wasn't going to leave me and my family alone. It wasn't going to leave anybody alone. If we were going to face it, we needed to face it. It's a community. John was, you know, probably the first one to realise that when this happened, that they were going to be doing it really tough. What those crew went through, imagine the mental health issues if you were locked in a small tin shed, not being able to talk to anyone, not being able to communicate with your family. The world feels like it's turning against you if you're reading the media reports and you've done nothing except go to work one morning and try and make people have a great holiday. John Keller couldn't board the Ruby Princess, but he was determined to let the people on board know that our community was thinking of them. I asked my committee to give me only $200 to buy some chocolates and some little packets to send as a token of our friendship and our care. The quietly spoken port chaplain found himself in front of a camera. He went live and he went viral. We reached about 80,000 people reaching out on our Facebook page in 24 hours. 
a massive priority of his was their families and how could they communicate with their families. There was no internet on the ship. They couldn't even get online. I'm not communicating only with the crew of the Ruby Princess, but I'm also trying to send a message to the family members who are now watching on media that everything is okay. The outpouring of support was phenomenal. Community members, corporates and authorities at all levels joined together in one massive community effort. The public mood changed. The local MPs suddenly changed their tune from being outright angry that the Ruby Princess was here. And that was something that was really steered by John Kiwa. When there's crisis, leaders don't duck and take cover. During the day, I would go to, to talk to the media, but at night I would come and try to respond. There were thousands I was not able to respond to every individual comment not only from the crew, but from the community and around the country and from around the world. Members of the community start reaching out. Are you doing anything? We are thinking of this crew. And I said, yes, we can do this together as a community. With the help of people like Nicole Dillon, John's original $200 initiative turned into something much larger. It wasn't just Illawarra. I had donations coming from Australia-wide. It was the community that drove the change in narrative. They rallied around John Kewa and his compassionate action. The politicians had no choice but to follow suit. He was incredibly instrumental in changing people's opinion, perhaps, but also tapping into, I think, an already existing large amount of the population who were quite sympathetic towards the Ruby Princess. The start of the project and the momentum that created changed the narrative and changed the way that Wollongong engaged with the ship and the people who were on it. I'm pretty sure they were still being fed. They still had water and food on board. But why would I still want to do something like this? Because that's the only way, the tangible way, to convey our warmth, love and care and compassion from the community. And I believe it worked out that way. It didn't surprise me. I know Wollongong long enough to be confidently saying that we are capable of care, we are capable of love, capable of compassion. So what exactly was in those friendship packages? We wanted to make something Australian where they feel that that's part of our hospitality. So Vegemite, peanut butter, Tim Tams, and then the rest. The rest included hundreds of letters, notes and drawings from our children and community members. The Port Authority organised internet boosters to be installed at the port. People on board the Ruby Princess were now able to communicate with the outside world. Comments on John's social media postings from the people aboard the Ruby Princess, as well as their families around the world, showed just how important this community support was for the people at the centre of this saga. I remember speaking to John at one point and over, I think it was the Easter weekend, he moved his entire family into the mission just so they could take more donations and they could work out how they were going to try and box it all up and get it to these people. We got all these things together under four days. Some of the the local corporates got involved. We got to a point where we were able to give an amazing gift box to everyone who was on the ship and it was incredible to be part of. Packing the friendship boxes was a mammoth task. What was meant to be a few small boxes turned into 13 pallets of gifts. It not only lifted the spirits of the crew, but it also lifted our own strength and confidence and spirits while we were facing this fear together. What he managed to do through his leadership was to bring out the very best in the entire community. This was John's vision. It was his project and it could never have happened without him. Ultimately, 
more than 900 corona cases and 28 deaths were linked to the Ruby Princess cruise ship. This remains the biggest single source of coronavirus infections in Australia outside a residential care facility. What could have easily turned into a disastrous black mark on our conscience had the fear and panic been allowed to run rampant was instead transformed into an expression of all that is good about the people in my town. All because one man turned the tide. Everything we say and do always have the consequences for good or bad. The Ruby Princess shaped as being one of the darkest days in Wollongong's history. For it now to be one of the proudest days in Wollongong's history is a tribute to a great man and a great community who came together and did something incredibly special for some people in their moment of need. That was Dee Malenkovich with Turning the Tide, produced at the studios of 106.9 Vox FM on Darawal Country, with supervising production from Sharon Davis and training from the Community Media Training Organisation. It was part of the 2021 National Features and Documentary Series. There are another nine stories to hear, so if you'd like to hear more, visit nfds.org.au. This program was made possible with the support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au.